At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Listening to Fox Sports Radio. Oh boy, everybody. I can feel it in my bones. This is going to be a good one. Welcome. Happy Saturday morning to you. Happy Memorial Day weekend, everybody. I am your host, Jason McIntyre, coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit Geico.com for a free rate quote. I got this big smile on my face this morning, everybody, just because I can already feel it in my bones that we have an amazing three hours in front of you. I think this whole weekend got started, I don't know, last night with LeBron. This whole weekend is going to be insanely good. I'm going to see the new Han Solo movie today. Iowa Sam, why are you shaking your head, man? Come on, that movie looks awesome. The trailer is ridiculous. I'm fired up. We've already got tickets. I'm also excited about Game 6 tonight. Listen, obviously we're going to do a lot of NBA today. Okay, we're going to talk LeBron. We're going to talk Durant. I do want to tease this early for all the L.A. fans waking up early to listen to me. I'm telling you, it's the little things in life that matter. Okay? You know how you show up maybe once every two months with flowers for your wife? You take out the trash. When she doesn't tell you to, you know, 
there's some little things going on with the Lakers right now that are starting to add up, and it's not good news for Lonzo Ball. We're going to definitely do that later. We're going to hit that hard later in the show. Um, But I don't think we can start anywhere besides LeBron James. You know? I almost was going to lobby Iowa Sam here to cue up Oops, I Did It Again by Britney Spears. Because what did LeBron do? This is what he does, fellas. Elimination games. LeBron. He's the man. I mean, I'm not going to hit you over the head with a zillion LeBron stats, but he was insane last night. He was absurdly good. And I have picked the Celtics in seven this, you know, on this show. Am I wavering a little bit? Let, let me just tell you. Let me start with a fact here. LeBron hasn't lost a game seven since 2008 to the Celtics in the second round. Or no, it was Eastern Conference Finals, sorry. Since then, LeBron has won five straight game sevens. Five. He's unstoppable when it matters. And that's kind of where I want to start the show today because of what happened on this show last week. Last week, of course, we set the internet on fire when I, you know, ranked my top 10 players in the NBA. And uh, I had Kevin Durant number one above LeBron. And everybody freaks out and says, oh, how could you do that? Blah, blah, blah. Jason, you're the worst. You're an idiot. You're spelled wrong, of course. Um, and, you know, then I went on Colin Cowherd's radio show and said the same thing. I said, this isn't some new take I've got, guys. I've been saying this since Durant murdered LeBron in the 2017 NBA Finals. That's what happened. I mean, you know, I know uh, Kevin Durant's had a tough week, but in the finals last year, he killed LeBron head-to-head. And then on Christmas Day, he shut down LeBron in the final minute of a close game. So I've been saying Durant over LeBron for a while, but as things happen, right, uh, I pump up Kevin Durant. I see a lot of smiles in this studio right now. Jason, you you stepped in it. Uh, and LeBron, of course, goes postal last night and... You know, my Instagram inbox is shredded, and, uh, you know, I can't even log on to Twitter because you guys are crushing me. But this is how the world works, right? One word. One word. Adversity. That, That sums up this week in LeBron and Kevin Durant. Oh, one minor mistake I made on my list, and again... A lot of people saying, are you willing to change your mind? No, guys, I'm not changing my mind off two games. Yes, LeBron is great. Yes, I've been saying for two years he's going to catch Michael Jordan. Okay? I'm not going to change my mind on right now based off two two substandard games from Kevin Durant. Okay? We know LeBron has an awful supporting cast. He's got to do everything in his power. His seventh 40-point game of the postseason last night. It was insane. This is what he does when his back is against the wall. Adversity. LeBron thrives on it. I work with a guy over at FS1, Steven Jackson. You guys surely remember him, Indiana Pacers, San Antonio Spurs. He famously said, and I'll never forget this, I make love to pressure. I thought it was a great quote. I've said it on air. I, you know, with these athletes that you, you meet at, uh, at FS1, you got to ease in. I can't open with, hey, Steven Jackson, make love to pressure. You know, so I build up that rapport over a couple weeks, and then I'm like, dude, I got to say this. I'm, <laughs> I've been wanting to say it, but that's an all-time great quote. And when you look at LeBron James, he embraces the pressure. 
He loves when his back is against the wall. This is what he does. He comes out dominant. You can't stop him. This is when LeBron is at his best, when adversity hits. Uh, Producer Rob here was texting me last night that LeBron is the best player in elimination games in NBA history. So I started to dig into it. Mm, Yeah. (laughs) I mean, the numbers say so, right? Magic, Bird, Jordan, they were all very good. LeBron is better. And it reminds me of a great movie, The Dark Knight Rises, Batman vs. Bane. One of my top five superhero movies of all time. And it just so happens that I have it saved on the DVR because I'm a loser. And uh, so I queued it up last night because I had to remember a scene. And after Bane kicks Batman's butt, he takes him to this prison underground. And Bane is telling Batman, you know, why he has him here in this prison. And he says, you don't fear death. You welcome it. And that's kind of what LeBron is. LeBron needs these elimination games. I mean, you saw him in game five. He was chugging water. He was barely running back over half court. LeBron wasn't into it. It wasn't an elimination game. So what does he do in game six? Plays the first 46 minutes. I keep waiting, though. LeBron's going to get tired. Ty Lue's got to sub him out. LeBron welcomes the elimination games. This is what he does. And now, Kevin Durant, it is your turn. Yes, I have gassed you up, although you don't really need me. You know, finals MVP, former NBA MVP. But we're about to find out what Kevin Durant is made of. Since joining the Warriors, guys, you got it. this is how you need to look at it. The Warriors have never faced adversity. They have not. They pulverized teams last year. They went 16-1 and in the postseason last year. There was one close game, that game one against the Spurs, where they were trailing by 20-some-odd points in the third quarter. Kawhi Leonard gets hurt, and then they come back and win it. That was it. One little ounce of adversity. For Kevin Durant and the Warriors. And what happens now? They're down 3-2. They're they're facing adversity. And I I, kind of want to see what Kevin Durant's going to do. I know what you... I I can hear people thinking it and saying it into the radio as they're driving in, whether you're on Sirius or Fox Sports Radio. But I can hear you saying, Kevin Durant's going to run from adversity. Just like he ran from OKC because he's a snake. Blah, blah, blah. Listen, no. That's dumb. And I will defend that... From now until eternity. That was a smart move by Kevin Durant to leave OKC. But I am curious how he's going to handle adversity. Now, I do want to say, yes, Kevin Durant's a star and Steph Curry's a star. But how is Steve Kerr handling adversity? Because, guys, if you're watching those fourth quarters, the Warriors have lost their identity. They forgot what made them who they are. Passing, cutting, screens, smart, beautiful basketball. And they started to settle. Fourth quarter, close game. Uh Uh-oh, we're used to crushing teams. It's close. Uh, What do we do? Let's just dump it into Durant in the post. And I don't want to get too X's and O's heavy with you, right? But after game, we saw what Durant did in game one, right? He obliterated, whether it was Chris Paul, P.J. Tucker, Trevor Reza, whoever. He just dominated in the post. I think he had 37 points. Unbelievable performance. Well, you know what Houston said? Uh... We're just going to dare Draymond Green, Andre Iguodala, Kevon Looney, whoever. We'll dare them to make shots, and we're going to have James Harden 
basically double Durant so he doesn't get all these easy five-footers. And what's happened? Well, Igudala, who's been hurt for two games, Kevon Looney, who can't shoot, and Draymond Green, they're two for 13 from downtown. So adversity hits Kevin Durant, and, well, I mean, he, he did not have an assist last game. That's That's not good. Kevin Durant, I can still say, he's the best player in the league. Did you see what he did to LeBron in the finals? Hey, there was, uh, Jason, there was no adversity. Well, that's the point. The only ounce of adversity in the finals was when they were up 2-0. Cleveland takes a tiny lead, and then in the end, Durant, you know, with the most iconic shot in his career, comes up and splashes that three in LeBron's eye on the fast break. But is that really adversity? They're up 2-0? That's that's not really adversity. Down 3-2 to the upstart Rockets. And let me say a word on the Houston Rockets, who I have bashed plenty on this show. I've I've bashed them since last offseason. I'm public enemy number one in Houston. I've had to go on radio stations and defend myself. Uh, People coming after me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram from Houston. Uh, Listen, I underestimated the Rockets. Plain and simple. 65 wins, haven't lost back-to-back games since January. And, and and speaking of the Warriors losing their identity, what about Mike D'Antoni? He's won his whole career with offense. What has he done in the last two games? One with defense. That's a hell of a job by Mike D'Antoni. Folks, Mike D'Antoni's outcoaching Steve Kerr here badly. So it's your turn, Kevin Durant. Okay. LeBron just played a great round. He's in the clubhouse for the for the day. And, uh, you know, he probably, he came close to setting a course record. So, Kevin Durant, it's your turn tonight. Are you going to put the Warriors on your back and take over these next two games against the Rockets, whether it's scoring 35 or 40? You give, you give them 25 and 10 assists? Hell, I don't know, 28-8 and eight would be great with some timely fourth-quarter shooting. But you've got to back it up. You're the best player on the planet, Kevin Durant. Now go out and prove it. Now, just as a tease for the rest of the show, I don't mind saying this in the outset. Producer Rob, I'm taking the Celtics in Game 7. I have said earlier in this, uh, you know, open that LeBron is the greatest elimination game player ever. I... I still am taking the Celtics in Game 7. I don't care if LeBron hits for 60, okay? That Celtics defense does not travel. Boston's won all—did I say Celtics defense? I'm sorry. Cavs defense. That Cleveland defense has been atrocious in Boston. They've lost three games on the road in this series, all by 10-plus. So I don't see how George Hill and Kyle Korver are going to suddenly turn it on. LeBron can get a triple-double, 40-50— You know how this is ending with the Celtics going to the NBA Finals. All right, folks, we have a phenomenal show today. I I mean, if that felt high energy, I chugged a Starbucks right before it. I may order another one. Do they deliver Starbucks, Iowa Sam? Can I, you know, I'm just, I'm so excited. I also, as I said, I'm going to see Han Solo today. I'm playing basketball right after this show. I have a jam-packed Memorial Day weekend end. Let's not forget your boy, co-hosting the Dan Patrick Show Monday morning after Game 7. I'll be on that with Doug Gottlieb, my first time co-hosting the Dan Patrick Show. That should be fun. So we got a great show today coming up next here on The Big Lead, Fox Sports Radio. 
the Golden State Warriors. You, you think it's over for them, don't you? Not even close. I'll tell you why next. This feels like Bruno Mars, Sam. Is it? It's this uh, group called Wolfpack. The song's in an iPhone commercial. Ah, song. that's where yes. I know it from. Great song. Iowa Sam, he's got the good stuff, huh? Right. He's got a good, you know what? I may have to, I may have to get this uh, on iTunes. Yeah. So, Sam, you're going to have to slide me that uh, info on this song so I can download it. You bet. What does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance? It means you probably should have gone to Geico.com 15 minutes ago. Uh, we're going to do some Lakers Lonzo talk in a little bit. I do want to uh, pump up something I did, of course. I mean, I've got to self-promote. Nobody's going to do it for me. So I did a mock draft in the NBA for Fox Sports a couple days ago. Had Grayson Allen going to producer Rob's Lakers. Guess who worked out for the Lakers Friday? Yep. D'Angelo Ball. Oh, Grayson Allen action. It's almost like I had inside information on that. Uh, so to talk NBA draft here in about 10 minutes, Fran Fraschilla, longtime college basketball coach and great announcer, he's going to join the show. But I quickly want to pivot to the Warriors and why I definitely don't think this series is over. First of all, let's start with the Chris Paul injury. Significant, obviously. I mean, when James Harden is playing this awful, I mean, he's missed 20 straight three-pointers. Uh, seriously, James Harden has missed 20 Listen, I'm going to keep it real with you guys, okay? I could shoot 23 pointers in a row and not go 0 for 20. I could do that. Now, could I do it against Steph Curry's defense? Probably not. But Harden is playing like doo-doo. And Chris Paul bailed them out in the second half in Game 5. Chris Paul was phenomenal. Now, I quickly, you know, I got to be careful with this because I've been bashing Chris Paul a lot. You know, people are, hey, Jason. Tone down the Chris Paul stuff. All right, well, listen. Let, let me just quickly on the shimmy, okay? When Steph Curry hit the shimmy in game three, he did it on the other side of the court, not in anybody's grill. He didn't make eye contact with anybody on the Rockets and shimmy, okay? Chris Paul hits a prayer at the end of the shot clock, and as Curry's coming down the court, he, he like, goes within the guy's airspace, like, right in his grill and shimmies, and everybody embraced that. And listen, the... the, the how do, how do I, you know what this is like, guys? This, this is like when Baker Mayfield hit the throat slash at halftime against Georgia in the Final Four. In the, in the national semifinal, Baker Mayfield had that awesome touchdown where he caught the touchdown pass, and then he hit the throat slash. Bro, Chris, hey, Chris Paul, you may want to wait till you win the series to shimmy in somebody's face. So what do, uh, what did the, uh, the basketball gods do? You know, maybe like an hour after that shimmy. Oh, Chris Paul hamstring injury. I'll leave it there. I'm, I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna leave that right there. We'll see if Chris Paul plays again in the series. You don't do that, Chris Paul. You don't shimmy in somebody's face. Classless. All right, back to uh. Now listen. Let me add this. I, I know producer Rob's like, oh boy, Max going off the deep end early. I will say this. Have I been known to hit a shimmy in a pickup basketball game? Of course. Maybe a game point or something, but I'm not doing it in the middle of the game. That's for sure. All right, uh, quickly. The Houston Rockets have been getting phenomenal play from Eric Gordon. Uh, you know, uh, uh, future Laker Clay Thompson, guys. 
He's getting outplayed by Eric Gordon. That's a fact, Rob. I know you love you some Clay Thompson. I like Clay Thompson. Eric Gordon is outplaying Clay Thompson. And last week I talked about added value. I was telling the college graduates bring added value to the table, and I mentioned P.J. Tucker. I mean, if you Google the phrase added value, P.J. Tucker's grinning face comes up. I mean, he's been off the charts good this year. In this series, he's been a monster at both ends. This stat is going to blow your mind. P.J. Tucker, a guy who spent five years playing international ball because he couldn't hack it in the NBA coming out of college. P.J. Tucker shooting 52% on threes. And he's, he's rebounding everything. A steal, a block. What do you need, Mike D'Antoni? I'll do it. Listen, P.J. Tucker played in Israel, Ukraine, Italy, Germany, Russia. Worked his butt off. And here he is in the Western Conference Finals playing a hell of a series. So I, I'm telling you, the Rockets seem to want it more. But I, I'm going to go back to what I said earlier. Adversity. The Warriors have not faced it with Kevin Durant. We're going to see what they're made of. And I think... Backs against the wall, they're going to come out swinging. You get backed into a corner, you try to back a honey badger into a corner, that thing's going to attack you and kill you because it knows it's, you know, kill or be killed. And I think that's what the Warriors do in these next two games. I think Steve Kerr finally gets a clue in the fourth quarter should one of these two games be close. I think the Chris Paul injury matters. And and let's remember, before we bury the Warriors here, they're a Quinn Cook wide-open three-pointer away from being up 3-2, okay? I mean, Quinn Cook gets that shot. That's why you're there, dude. You're making 400000 or whatever it is. You got to make wide open. I mean, there's nobody within seven feet of Quinn Cook. Now, I know he bobbled the pass, and I know people are going to say, well, Steph Curry was open. Listen, you're in the NBA. You get an open look, you take it. Quinn Cook missed it. He makes that shot. There's no panic about the Warriors. All right, coming up next here on the big lead, Fox Sports Radio. You know, they're calling this guy the next David Robinson. And I don't even think it makes sense for the Suns to take him number one overall. We'll talk about that with Fran Fraschilla next. But first, let's go to Isaac Lowenthal for the latest. Good morning, Jason. We begin in Cleveland, where LeBron James carried the Cavaliers to a 109-99 Game 6 victory over the Celtics with 46 points, 11 rebounds, and 9 assists, Yay. forcing a Game 7 on Sunday at Boston. It feels good just to be able to, to play for another game. And, um, you know, like I've always said, Game 7 is the best two words in sports. And for us to be on the road in another high-side environment where we've had no success up to this point, um, you know, we should roll this opportunity and, uh, you know, have fun with it. Kevin Love's status for Game 7 unknown after he left Game 6 when he hurt his head in a collision. Tonight at 9 Eastern, Game 6 of the Western Conference Finals from Oracle Arena with the Rockets leading the Warriors three games to two. Baseball Friday night, Glaber Torres' seventh inning home run gave the Yankees a 2-1 win over the Angels. James Paxton struck out 11 and 7 innings in the Mariners' 2-1 win over the Twins. And Matt Kemp's three-run home run helped the Dodgers defeat the Padres 4-1. The Dodgers have won 7 of 8 after a six-game losing streak. Jason, back to you. Thank you, Isaac. Back here on the big lead, Fox Sports Radio. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. I'm your host, Jason McIntyre, coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit Geico.com for a free rate quote. All right, joining the show now, uh, he's covered many an NBA combine. 
NBA draft. He's coached in college basketball at the highest levels. All-around good guy, knows his stuff. Fran Fraschilla, the ESPN college basketball analyst, is joining the show. Fran, good morning. How are you? Jason, outstanding. It's a beautiful day in Dallas. And uh, on my computer, I have your mock draft in front of me. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. You're going to tear it apart. Uh, no, no, no. We're going to have some fun. I, I always enjoy, I, when we do this, I always enjoy the back and forth. And uh, the beautiful thing about mock drafts uh, is that none of us really know how these kids are going to turn out because there's such an amazing human element involved in why guys become good and NBA or NFL players, et cetera. So yeah. it's always great back and forth. Human element's a great point. Why don't we just start there? For instance, yeah. uh, Steph Curry, a couple point guards went ahead of him when he was drafted out of Davidson. Uh, yeah. Another guy with the human element not knowing how they're going to turn out, Anthony Bennett with the Cavaliers. You know, when you look at this year's draft, it, it's tough to get inside the mind of these players. But where are you on the Luka Doncic versus DeAndre Ayton situation? Well, it's a great question, and, and it's in, and for me, it's a great question for me because I love international hoops so much, uh, as you know, and, and kind of feel like 14 years ago, I, I don't yet know if I'm on this year's NBA draft. I think they may be going in a different direction uh, at ESPN. That's fine. Uh, but for 14 years, what I did was uh, try to inform and educate the the casual basketball fan here in the States as to what's going on across the water. And obviously the proof's in the pudding with, uh, you know, 20% of the NBA this year being guys born from outside of the country. So having said that, yeah, amazing. 120 plus international guys opened up on NBA rosters, uh, last October, which is amazing when you think about it, but here, but here you go. In Luka Doncic, what you have, in, in the way I try to characterize it, first of all, I'm a DeAndre Ayton guy with the first pick, and I'll, I'll tell you why in a second. But with Luka Doncic, what you have is a kid who has had the most celebrated career to this point of any young player to ever come out of Europe. That includes Dirk. That includes Pau Gasol. You can go down the list. Um, but as I compare... Uh, let's say the ACB in Spain or the Euro League mm-hmm. versus the NBA. I consider that Triple A baseball compared to the major leagues. And where with DeAndre Ayton this year in the Pac, what DeAndre did in the Pac-12 this year, guys playing in the ACC or Big Ten, that would be Double A baseball. Okay. So, you know, that's the analogy. But uh, Luca has an incredible mind for the game. Uh, and he's a terrific athlete. Now, he's not a great athlete, but he's above average athlete. Uh, I just, I just have to go with the seven foot, two hundred and sixty pound uh, force of nature, DeAndre Ayton. <laughs> I, I saw him play late in February in Tempe, and I broadcast the game, Jason, and um, I, he was breathtaking in terms of the athleticism and the skill level. And we can pick apart some of the things he may not do well right now, but I'm an Ayton guy first and then Doncic second. I will say, you said he's 260 pounds. LeBron is 260 right now. Just that, That's just yeah. crazy to me. Uh, yeah. Fran, let me add this. As you watch these final four teams play in the NBA, we're seeing a lot of value in guys who are, you know, in that 6'5 to 6'8, 6'9 range. Jason Tatum, Jalen yep. Brown, P.J. Tucker, your guy from Texas, Trevor Ariza. They can play multiple positions. 
Mm-hmm. I think Luca could kind of sort of be in that realm. I know people think of him as a as a guard, but I don't. I could see him playing some small forward if need be, right? Oh no, he. Is, let me tell you something. Forget the point guard uh, comparison. He's not a point guard, and he, and the reason I say that is because. As brilliant a passer as he is, um, he can't. You know, to me, my NBA friends always say, "You are the position you can guard." In other words, if you're going to stick him at the point, he's not guarding Damian Lillard and, and Russell Westbrook. No. Nearly impossible for a guy like him. But what he is is a playmaking three man. Uh, he's a he's a playmaking small, small forward, and he really is an outstanding passer. And that's probably what he does best facilitate the game for his teammates and can make every pass in the book. But I know because I know what you're getting at now. DeAndre Ayton, the thing about this guy is although he's seven feet one, remember he played on the perimeter defensively a lot this year because of Duzon Rizdich, who quite frankly, although he had a good college career, can't move his feet, could never have guarded on a perimeter. So you had DeAndre Ayton actually guarding six five guys for much of his freshman year. And so his ability to be versatile defensively in the NBA as far as switching on to pick and rolls, guarding smaller players, um, he's got that type of athleticism. And at the end of the day, even though we love this positional versatility in the NBA, it's become very commonplace to have a 7-1 guy who can dominate a game offensively inside and make occasional three-point shooters, which Aiden can do, and guard on the perimeter – you know, those are really tough uh, attributes to pass up on if you're the Phoenix Suns. Talk with Fran Fraschilla, the great ESPN announcer. Fran, let me quickly get in one more draft question. Dante, Dante DiVincenzo, the Villanova star, he blew up in the national title game. Yep. Really nice player. He's another one of these, like, kind of 6'5 type players who can, you know, he's going to guard some twos and threes. I, I mean, he might have the athleticism to stay with a one. But it, th- he's the name I hear that is soaring up the draft charts. I mean, just your thoughts. Can he contribute next year to a team? And wouldn't it be better for him to come out now, go to a better team, say, in the, I don't know, 13 to 17 range, as opposed to stay in school, not have Jalen Brunson and Bridges, and then go top six to an awful franchise? Well, it's a great question, and I think the question's pretty obvious. He's going to come out. um, And I notice you have him 13th, which, uh, again, that's that's a perfect example of a guy that, if you look at the mock drafts, the other ones, no one's got them that high, but guess what? Not a lot of people had Donovan Mitchell that high yes. a year ago. You know what I mean? And, yeah. and and let me give you a little inside baseball or a little inside basketball here. There's a there's a Freshella on the staff at Villanova. He happens to be a grad <laughs> assistant. So I, I was talking to my son Matt last summer and it was his first year at Villanova and, and they, they had had a summer workout. And I said to him, Matt, who's, who's your best player? And he goes, Dad, I don't know. Every day we have a new best player. And if you think about it, that's how Villanova really played this year. And, and he told me early on that he felt Dante was as good as any of the other guys getting that recognition. And so, yes, he, he, he has to come out if the commitments are there anywhere in the first round simply because um, can't take a chance on going back, duplicating what he did in the national championship game, it wasn't just that one game, Jason. He had five or six of those kind of games all season long. Um, in any, in in a sense, for Villanova, it was play the hot hand, which some nights it was Bridges, some nights it was Eric Pascal or Spellman, and often it was Dante. So I think if he decides to come out, which I would expect he does, um, 
He has the athleticism. He's got the shooting range. And and here's the greatest line about Dante DiVincenzo. I was talking to Phil Martelli, the coach of St. Joe's, in December. I did the St. Joe's Villanova game. He let me sit in on the scouting session uh, St. Joe's had on Villanova, even though, and that's the kind of guy Phil is. My son's on the other staff. And he said, no, 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 come into our, come into our film session. So here's his description of Dante DiVincenzo, which I thought was perfect. He said to his team at St. Joe's, Dante's the kid who thinks he's the best kid in the schoolyard, and he thinks you suck. <laughs> and that—that's how he played. Uh, he has that chip on his shoulder, I think, to be able to play in that league with some of the best athletes in the world. Right, and that—that's a transition for our final question here, Fran. You just said the chip on the shoulder. LeBron James dominates these elimination games because he thrives under adversity. You yeah. covered Kevin Durant when he was at Texas. And and I gotta say, you know, he hasn't faced adversity yet with the Warriors, and now he's facing it. Do you think this is a moment for him to say, "Hey, man, I got that chip on my shoulder. I know I won a title last year, Finals MVP, but I still want to be an all-time great." Do you think mentally Durant has that in him, and will he show it these next two games? Well, I think he does. I think he does, but he has to show it, and and that's the thing that LeBron and Michael did time after time after time. Uh, is show it when it really mattered. I do think Kevin has it. He he won a championship last year with a plethora of superstars around him, but now with Steph seemingly not back at full strength, with Iguodala coming back tonight, but probably not at full strength, um, and the way KD played the other night where he was out of sorts, I think this is the perfect opportunity. And by the way, there's another guy on the other team, James Harden, who's in the exact same situation. Yes. You know, so one of these guys, you know, tonight or in Game 7, is going to be able to take that next step towards, you know, what I would say is another step towards greatness. They're both great NBA players right now. But in terms of transcendent great players, each of those guys has an opportunity to take and take it another step up that, you know, ladder of transcendent greatness, which is why... These NBA playoffs, all of a sudden now, as, as, as high a ratings as they've had, it's going to get really compelling here the next few days. Certainly. All right, Fran Frischilla, thank you very much for taking the time. Have a great holiday weekend, and we'll follow your stuff online as usual. The great, tremendous content you keep producing. Jason, always appreciate and enjoy, uh, enjoy your work as well. Thanks right. so much. That was Fran Frischilla, the great uh, college basketball announcer. I-, I love some of that stuff he said. Listen, this... Dante DiVincenzo, I'm telling you, keep an eye on him, folks. Soaring up draft boards everywhere. All right, coming up next year on the big lead, Fox Sports Radio Lakers fans, you've been waiting 40 minutes to hear this. I'm telling you, keep an eye on the Lonzo Ball situation. There is a chance he gets traded. I'm I'm, I'm keeping it real with you here. We're going to talk about that next. Oh, little ODB, baby. Hey, did he really die this week? Oh, and this was his, okay. Well, stop laughing at me. I saw a couple tweets and I forgot to look it up. Um, ODB, shimmy shimmy ya. What's weird is this album was so good when it came out, I had memorized like five of the songs on it. It's so good. I was thinking I was like in sixth grade or something. No, no, it wasn't sixth grade. At least middle school. Back here on the big lead, Fox Sports Radio. Good stuff from Fran Fraschilla. Listen, this Luka Doncic situation is super interesting. He called him the most heralded player to come out of Europe ever. 
And I, I bring that the draft up because Lakers fans, listen closely. This is going to be, it is going to sound a little confusing. But there is a method to the madness, okay? I opened the show and I briefly teased it. I said, listen, it's the little things that matter in a marriage. Every married guy out there knows this, okay? You show up with flowers every two months unannounced just to, just to keep the wife happy. Dishes pile up in the sink. Don't wait for the wife to say, hey, can you handle those? Just jump on them. Same deal with the trash. Hey, let me get the kids out of your hair this weekend. Just do the little things. They add up. It also works the other way. The little bad things can certainly add up. And Lakers fans, we know that, you know, Lonzo Ball's father, the mouthy LeVar Ball, he had a, a, a rough year from his other son getting arrested for stealing in China and yanking him off the scholarship and you know saying just incendiary, foolish stuff. LeVar Ball's had a bad year. And he's taken a lot of ill-conceived shots at the Lakers. And, and, and I saw this story last week in the LA Times. This is the headline. And you got to think and read between the lines. You need to look at it a different way. Okay, Lakers want to build around young core, have told teams no player is untouchable. Well, wait a second. No player untouchable. They got a great young group. Brandon Ingram, Kuzma, Josh Hart, Lonzo Ball. Why would Huh. Lakers saying nobody's untouchable. So what happened? How many days later? Three days later. Three or four days later, after the Lakers story about in the LA Times about no players untouchable, LeVar Ball unprompted tells a reporter named Alex Kennedy, who was at one of the LiAngelo Ball workouts. This was unprompted. Listen closely. LeVar reiterated that Lonzo is willing to take less money on his next contract so the Lakers can continue surrounding him with talent. Wait a sec, wait a sec. So the Lakers are willing to trade everybody. Nobody's untouchable. A few days later, Lonzo's willing to take less money. All right, you see where I'm going with this. But the Lakers have Lonzo locked up for a few years. His salary, being the number two pick in the draft, is set. He's locked in for three years, and then the summer before the fourth year is when you negotiate. So Andrew Wiggins... Negotiated last summer, got the huge deal. Joel Embiid got the huge deal. Jabari Parker did not. You know how, so for three years, you're locked in. Why would LeVar Ball say that Lonzo's willing to take less money on his next contract? Hmm, let me ponder that. LeVar's saying, man, I'm going to do anything. Keep, keep my boy in LA. I'll take less money. It doesn't matter. You're locked in. You're, you're saying nonsensical things. Why are you saying these nonsensical things? Oh, wait a minute. LeVar's not done. I guess he got the memo from the Lakers about, dude, we could trade you. Maybe the chatter, the trade chatter that's picking up here in L.A. about a trade got to LeVar. Because unprompted, he just started taking shots at the Lakers training staff saying Lonzo has never been injured in his career and now he missed 30 games. Well, it's got to be the Lakers training staff. Dude. I mean, LeVar, LeVar just can't keep, he can't keep shut his mouth. 
Remember, Rob, when he was in Lithuania, he said that idiotic Luke Walton stuff. By the way, Luke Walton coach did a damn good job with the Lakers. They exceeded their expected win total. They had a, like a whole new roster, a lot of injuries. Still won 35 games. That's a pretty good job by Luke Walton. And LeVar was blasting him. Now, LeVar's blasting the training staff. So, Lonzo Ball was coveted by guess who last year in the draft? The Phoenix Suns. They knew Lonzo Ball would sell tickets. I had a Suns player tell me, oh, they want Lonzo Ball. He's coming in with his dad's mouth and in some of these franchises that aren't marquee franchises. Yeah, Lonzo's going to sell tickets and get get your team in the headlines. Phoenix Suns wanted Lonzo badly. So, Rob, producer Rob, you're the Lakers. You bother call the Suns and say, hey, we'll give you Lonzo. Give us the number one pick. Hell yeah. You think you think Magic Johnson and Rob Polinka would say, yeah, Lonzo, we had a good run. We don't want any. We don't want to be in the LeVar Ball business. We I just think, don't. We want nothing to do with this clown. I think that Magic Johnson has shown in the last, what, year and a half he's been on the job. This is a business to him. Yes. He's, he doesn't have any loyalty to any of these guys. Ain't no loyalty. He, he, he knows it's all about wins. It's all about championships. And if there is a guy in Lonzo Ball, specifically LeVar Ball, who is undermining their system. Ooh, undermining. I got to write that down. That's a great word. And if they plan on going big game hunting for a guy like LeBron this offseason anyways, can you afford to have, we'll say, like a cancer around your team like LeVar Ball? Now, instant counter from the Laker fans who are listening out there. I know they're listening, and they're going to say, well, wait a sec. LeBron don't want to play with no rookies. You think LeBron wants to play with some European 19-year-old? Come on. No way. Your reaction to that, Rob? Well, number one, if LeBron comes, it's because Paul George is coming too. So he's yep. not going to come by himself. That's that's number one. Number two, what we've se- what we've seen, especially with the Warriors and the Rockets, is you need interchangeable, long, rangy, athletic wing players. Mm-hmm. You're not going to beat the the Warriors with your top four against their top four because their top four is going to win every time. What you need is your secondary pieces to overwhelm them to be a certain nuisance so that one of your guys can go off and do what he has to do. And you mean to tell me that you don't think a, a, a Brandon Ingram, Kyle Kuzma, we'll say they keep Julius Randle, Luka Doncic, whatever, and fill in with veteran role players on the minimum salary can't make some noise in the West? Of course Oh, no, can. no. They're, they're going to make noise next year with LeBron and Paul George. Of course. But would you change and not take Luka number one and go DeAndre Ayton? Because there's been rumors that LeBron wanted a rim protector in Cleveland. DeAndre Ayton is a rim protector. If you get LeBron James, you do whatever he wants. Okay, so I would hold off on trading Lonzo, but let's ask LeBron after he loses Game 7 on Sunday night. We'll shoot him a text. Yeah, let's shoot him a text. We're going to take a meeting with him because he's going to be in here L.A. almost instantly. All right, coming up next here on the big lead, Fox Sports Radio. I told you guys two weeks ago, and you didn't want to believe me, the Celtics are a lock to win Game 7. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Hour number two on the show. I am your host, Jason McIntyre. Very excited on this Memorial Day weekend, the unofficial start of summer. I'm coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. 
We just blew through that first hour the way LeBron blew through the Celtics last night, huh? So fun. Oh, well, listen, this Lonzo Ball trade stuff that's bubbling up, everybody's focused on the Warriors down 3-2 and LeBron, and I'm t- keep an eye, Lonzo Ball potentially getting traded away from the Lakers. I'm telling you, there is some chatter in L.A. If you can read between this, the, the signs out there, we will talk about that a little later in the show. I'm finally, against my better judgment, going to chime in on the national anthem protests. I'm telling you guys, you know me. I'm a stick to sports guy. But I'm under power, uh, under pressure from the powers that be. Jason, you must talk about this. People want to know your opinion. All right, I'll get to it later. But I want to start here. Game seven, Sunday night. LeBron, Mr. Elimination Games. We know he's the greatest elimination game player of all time. The stats back it up. LeBron thrives on adversity. This is what he does. Need a big win? Backs against the wall, LeBron comes out swinging. You back him into a corner, LeBron is going to come out and take you down. It's funny, we had Fran Fraschilla on, the college basketball announcer, Last hour. He said DeAndre Ayton, potential number one pick in the draft, is 7'1", 260. <laughs> LeBron is 260. LeBron's a tank. He really is a monster. I love watching LeBron. And I am a huge LeBron fan. I got both my kids, my young kids, LeBron jerseys, in addition to Curry jerseys. And they like LeBron. But when I said last week Kevin Durant was the, the number one player on the planet right now, people took that as a slight to LeBron. And, of course, as LeBron goes off this week, Jason, you're an idiot, Y-O-U-R. And listen, I don't see why we're not understanding the adversity situation. LeBron thrives under adversity. Elimination game? LeBron's showing up. We haven't seen Durant under adversity yet. We're going to this week. He hasn't faced any of it in Golden State. Nothing. They've been blowing teams out. Can Durant perform the way LeBron has? This week, I don't know. We'll find out. I think he will, but we're not sure. He's got to prove it. He's got to back it up. All right, joining the show now to preview Sunday night's Game 7 is the longtime Boston Globe columnist, Dan Shaughnessy. Dan, good morning. How are you? I'm good. How are you? You know, I'm excellent. I'm fired up about the great basketball this weekend, but I got to say, what is the collective mood in Boston this morning heading into Game 7 after we saw LeBron put up another performance for the ages last night well i mean folks should be nervous because uh you just can't keep falling back on this home court thing and think that that's that's it and it's really been a dreadful series in that sense no good games home team wins two different teams depending on which gym they're in and not a good uh selling point for the nba so i hope we get you know the last two warrior games were contested games i know they lost them both but those are by far the best games of the finals that we've had where you kind of want to stay up late and, and stay with it. We've not had that here, but there's, you know, certainly a sense of, okay, they're coming home. They'll be the good Celtics and they'll beat them. But I would, uh, I would be very, uh, anxious about the LeBron James factor in this because he's so far and away the better player on the best player on either team that, uh, uh I just think he has the ability to win a game by himself. He does, Dan. However, have you seen what happens to his teammates when they travel to Boston? I mean, all these guys shrink. They're like either the moment's too big for them or 
I mean, J.R. Smith, uh, how about this one for you, Dan? J.R. Smith is 0 for 11 on three-pointers in Boston in this series. He goes home, he makes a couple shots. He goes to Boston, he's a complete non-factor. I mean, George Hill, uh, Dan, I just looked this up. George Hill in Boston in this series, 4 out of 13, 15 points. He had 20 points last night at home. It's like, I don't trust this supporting cast. Dan, if I told you LeBron gets 60-10-10, but Boston wins. Would you be surprised? Yeah, I'd be surprised at that. I mean, I know what you're saying, and I, I think the the way you characterize those, you know, the George Hills and certainly Jeff Green and, and Jr. That's who they are. I mean, they've had they've had fleeting moments, but they're, they're done, or they never were. They're, they're just not good players in my view anymore. And uh, you know, I liked I liked the Cavs a few years ago when some of those guys were younger. Uh, not anymore, and uh, it'll be bloody if they get to the finals, uh, probably for either team. Boy, Dan, you actually sound nervous. I, I mean, I know it's early Saturday morning. I'm like, I feel irrationally confident for the Celtics. You know, Vegas has them as two-point favorites. Uh, you know, I know ball, I know LeBron's lights out in elimination games. My two takeaways from uh, game six, listen, Terry Rozier found his stroke again. He had really struggled the prior two games. I mean, Rozier had 28 last night. If he's making outside shots, Jalen Brown is. They shot 40% from deep. You know, it just it's one of those games where I, I took away a lot of positives from Boston. And, Dan, come on, rem- remind me of this one. The last time LeBron lost a playoff series in the East was in Boston. When he was in Cleveland, he took off his jersey and left town. Is it not setting up for that whole situation again? Because he's a free agent after the season. Yeah, certainly the free agency stuff's all there. I just, you know, I still have in my mind, you know, when he came in with Miami down three two and scored forty six, killed him. I, you know, I'm 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 all in on LeBron, and I I think that he is playing better now than he has at any point in his career. And uh, you know, he got crushed for the only having twenty seven and being tired in the game they lost. Uh, I'll, I'll take that out of my best player. I just think uh, I just think people here should be, you know, it's. I don't like the false sense of security that, oh, they're home, so everything's going to be okay. So I'm not nervous. I really don't care who wins, but I'm telling you, I just think it's a mistake to uh, for people here to fall back on the notion that they will win because they are home and they'll be better. Talk with Dan Shaughnessy, longtime columnist in Boston. Dan, let me ask you this. Uh, next year, if I told you you swap out Terry Rozier and Marcus Smart and you put in Gordon Hayward and Kyrie Irving, is this Celtics team winning 65 games? No, oh, I think they're really good next year. And, you know, we thought going into these playoffs, this was going to be an audition for 2019's playoffs and just kind of house money, see how they can do. And and then they are, you know, within a game of getting to the finals, which is a great accomplishment because their two best players are in, are in street close. Uh, the Rozier thing's interesting. I mean, he has stepped up and, and been a, a, you know, a, a, a very fine starting player. He's been up and down, as you pointed out, and, and had his first really good road game last night of the series. Um, not afraid to take a shot, which is, is they don't always have that, and, and he was that guy last night. I, I see that as a possibly problematic when, when Irving comes back because Rozier's used to playing a lot now. He's young. He's made his name in the league, and uh, there's not going to be minutes for him. Uh, the Haywood thing should blend in pretty well. I, I think that you know Tatum and, and everybody could use a, a few less minutes and come along a little more slowly, and I think that uh, you know Haywood should allow them to do that. So, yeah, it, it should be a, you know, a really good team in the in the East Conference for a really long time. Yeah, Dan, people forget how good Gordon Hayward is. 
It's like people see Jason yeah. Tatum and they're like, oh, this guy's amazing. He's better than Hayward. Gordon Hayward is just the most perfect player for the Brad Stevens system. Unselfish, good shooter, does everything above average. I mean, he's not going to come in and be like, I need to get my 25 shots a night. That's just not his M.O. Like, I think this team is so set up for the future. But let me let you out of here on this one, Dan. If the Celtics face the Rockets or the Warriors, who do you give them a better chance against in the finals? Oh, I think definitely the Rockets because yeah. especially, I mean, we know Paul's, that's a legitimate injury. And, you know, he's not playing tonight, and I don't know what will happen in Game 7. But uh, the Warriors are just, they're stacked. It's still, uh, I, I didn't like the way they finished those last two games, but uh, they, they're they way better than anybody in the East Conference, in my view. So uh, I think against Houston, especially if Paul's hobbling, you get a chance to win a couple games. Uh, you know, I, I'd give him a shot in the series. Warriors, not so much. Four or five tops. All right, Dan Shaughnessy, thank you very much. Good luck in the uh, Game 7 one. Enjoy that Sunday night. I appreciate it. Thank you. That was Dan Shaughnessy, longtime Boston columnist. Boy, Rob, he sounded nervous. You know, I, I listen, man, they, people are overreacting. And this is one of the reasons, uh, not to sound braggy here, but I've had some success in sports gambling. Don't just rely on what you saw last. Okay? Just don't panic and say, oh, my, oh, LeBron, yeah, for, what do you have, 40, 46, 11, and 9, we're in trouble. No, you're not. You've won all three home games by double digits. We don't even know what – Nick, good morning. I uh, didn't see you sneak in there. Nick, we don't even know the status of Kevin Love for Game 7. He may not play. And people are freaking out and saying the, the Cavs got this. It's LeBron. I know he's good in elimination games. His teammates stink. I mean, uh, guys, and, and this is one thing that's gotten me about the LeBron-Durant debate. And I'm not done with it, by the way. I don't know if you heard it driving in, Nick, but I'm not done with it. How much of a double standard is there for for the Cavs, right? Yeah, so so LeBron goes off, has an awesome game. George Hill was great last night. Larry Nance didn't miss a shot. Jeff Green, uh, Jeff Green had fourteen points, so they win. Oh, LeBron's great. Sporting cast really stepped up. Great win, and then they lose on the road. Well, LeBron doesn't have any help. I mean, which one is it? Does he not have help, or is LeBron great? We know LeBron is great, and he gets help at home. He doesn't get it on the road. So you, you just can't say both of those over and over because you know what's going to happen, Nick. Celtics win game seven, and everybody out there, well, LeBron didn't have any help. It's not his fault. I, I, th- I thought he was the best elimination game player ever. I just said he was. But Nick, I, I, really? Who you got in game seven, Nick? I can't go against LeBron. Oh, geez, I can't do the it. Folks, fade him. Fade him. Producer hey, Rob, don't tell me you're taking I it. I picked Cavs in seven, so I got to stick with it. But, I mean, come on. Like you just said, elimination games. And this Celtics team who's still young in this kind of magnitude, no, they're that not game's scared. of magnitude, I don't Terry know. Terry Rozier ain't scared of anything. All right. Jason Tatum has no fear. He's a St. Louis dude. Uh, Rozier is from the mean streets in Ohio. These dudes are tough. Marcus Morris, I don't think any of these guys are shrinking at all. Uh, you see Jalen Brown not back down from LeBron last night? This ain't These guys ain't no punks. I'm telling you, this isn't one of these fragile teams. Producer Rob, what's your pick? Well, I picked the uh, Cavs in six, so I can't back out now. I got to take Cavs in seven. Cavs but I will say, just having Dan Shaughnessy on, we think about two months ago. If I would have told a, a Boston fan, "Hey, you're going to be in Game Seven of the Eastern Conference Finals at home," how excited would they be? But but now that they've seen this team have this kind of Cinderella run, how tight they all are right now. 
Yeah, I, I, you mean like right after Kyrie went down? Exactly. And they said you're going to be in Game Seven Eastern. Cup. Whoa! I think they they'd were be so excited yeah. and pumped up. They'd be fired up for this game. Right now, they're just tight. They're there's no reason to be if you play, if you're tight and play nervous. Yeah, no, you'll I'm not lose. talking about the player. I'm talking about the fans. Oh, the fans. The city nah, of Boston. Boston is tight. They should just be excited for the future. Look what they're doing without Kyrie and Hayward. It's unbelievable. Well, listen, as a I, Laker fan, I hate it. There's a case to be made for the present. Listen, let's just say hypothetically James Harden goes off and the Rockets win, but Chris Paul's out for the finals. Celtics versus James Harden? I would no- pick the Celtics. I would pick God, the Celtics too. Me too. So, so, like, I don't want to hear this. Oh, uh, playing with house money. I don't want to hear that stuff. The Celtics could beat the Rockets if Chris Paul's not there. They got the better coach, Brad Stevens. And I know Harden's the best player, but after that, who are the next best players in the series? Probably Jason Tatum, probably Al Horford. I mean, who's there? Clint Capella, Eric Gordon. I take in Jason Tatum second, probably. Tatum's been unbelievable. So Celtics, I, I'm I got the Celtics in seven. Take it to the bank. Coming up next year on the Big Lead Fox Sports Radio. Hey, my guy Colin Cowherd has been taking some shots at the Warriors. And uh, if you guys heard his show, we like to keep it in the family here. He said the Warriors have gotten lucky. The last few years. A lot of people have been injured. And now Chris Paul's hurt. Well, Chris Paul's always hurt. Injuries happen. Everybody gets lucky. Hey, uh, Chris Paul, you going to play this in Game 7? You going to suit up? We'll find out next on the, on the big lead. Fox Sports Radio. A little far side action, Nick. Yeah, story of my uh, eighth grade existence. She just kept passing me by. Classic. I had no game in eighth grade. In seventh, <laughs> seventh grade, I had some game. Eighth grade, I didn't really have much. Wait, so seventh grade you did, but then you regressed at eighth? It's weird. Well, I mean, I think a lot of people started to get bigger, oh, cooler okay. in eighth grade. I didn't have uh, I didn't have the contacts in eighth grade. You know, I was still rocking the glasses, like a little nerdy. Is that why now you post videos of you doing push-ups with your kids on your did back? Did you see that? Yeah. Dude, hey, you know what's next? <laughs> I, I can do the push-ups with both kids on my back. Uh, hey man, why you blow it on my Instagram? Hey, the I'm next step is you got to do pull-ups with them hanging off your legs, <laughs> <laughs> and then direct message it to some girl you like in eighth grade. Say, oh, look stop. at me now. No, my, my, <laughs> wife, my wife will not like. Hey, look, can we take a quick call before we dive into the the fraud that is Chris Paul and his injuries? Eric in Kalamazoo, you're on with Jason McIntyre. You want to talk LeBron versus Durant? What you got, Eric? Okay, when they met up when he was in OKC, he had. Well, Harding and Westbrook and them, and they ran into each other then. So, if anything, that's a tie. But I want to talk about that Simeon thing. How do you think Durant feel about that Simeon? They all lost two games after he did that. They ain't, they've been on losing streak ever since he did that. Wait, oh, As since, a basketball oh, wait, wait. Player, hold up, hold up. Uh, since Steph Curry did the shimmy? Okay, look at it. When he did the shimmy, how many games have they won? What do you, come on, what do you think that has to do with anything? But I want to point something else. <laughs> you were talking about that earlier, but I want to point something out real quick. Michael Jordan's record versus the Celtics in the playoffs. You look at LeBron's record versus the Celtics. Nobody else. And y'all crushed that this thing don't got the seven Wait, games. Wait, come Eric, you're pulling stuff away. Okay, thanks for the call, Eric. Let me, Eric, listen up, though. Michael Jordan versus the Celtics. Michael Jordan was like 23, 24, 25, and he got battered by Larry Bird's stacked Celtics teams. It was literally Orlando Woolridge and Brad Sellers and Michael Jordan against Bird, Parrish, McHale. Come on. Listen, I, I got something for later. People are going to hate this when I say this. I'm telling you, I, I, I actually did the research. You know what? There's a perfect segue. 
This is why Rob's such a great producer. He teed up that call, and he knew where I wanted to go. Okay? My man Colin Cowherd this week, he said he went off and looked into some so some luck that the Warriors have had. And Rob, you have the full list, right? I do. You want to Ka- hear it right now? Yeah, let's let's hear it. it. So Kawhi okay. Leonard. Well, let's start in 2015. This okay, one, let's this go through how lucky started. the Warriors are. I'm going to just blow okay. this to smithereens. 2015, they missed out on Drew Holiday, Ooh, Mike shit. Conley, and Tony Allen. Tell me how many court. all NBA teams those clowns have had. Okay. Patrick Beverly and Kyrie and Kevin Love in the finals. Okay, the Kyrie Kevin Love I'll get. Okay. That, that's fine. The following year they missed out on Kevin Love again in the finals. 2016. Did they? Well, parts of it at least. Yeah. All right. Okay. 2017. Yusef Nurkic, which I know does he's important to <laughs> I their mean, team. Okay? Named an he was important to their <laughs> team. All right. George Hill didn't get him. Oh, no. And when they played the Spurs, they missed out on Kawhi and Tony Parker for parts of the series. Yeah, okay. Well, the Kawhi injury, that's legitimate. I'll give you that. Kawhi's a one real player. You said, wait, wait, just wait, people, wait. Okay, Okay, well, 2018 might be the most impressive list of all. Okay. They missed out on Kawhi for the entire series. Missed out on Boogie Cousins the Uh, entire series. Time out, time out. Boogie Cousins wasn't there the last rounds, and the Pelicans swept the Blazers, who were good. Still missed out on and they may or may not miss Chris Paul for the next two games. Okay. That's all you got. That, that's, that's the an, Warriors lucky. That are is you, an all-NBA. Okay. Are you ready for the Michael trio. Jordan Bulls and how lucky they got? Let's do it. Michael Jordan was ascending in the 80s. Couldn't get out of the East. Ran into Larry Bird, Celtics, Isaiah Thomas's Pistons. Starting in 1988, right? Larry Bird had, and I did not even know this. I knew he was hurt. You know he had double Achilles surgery in 1988? He played six games. He was never the same player after that. So 1988, Larry Bird has double Achilles. 1991 finals. By that time, Jordan had got to the finals. 91. Byron Scott had an injury all series, and I believe he made five shots in the finals. He was was injured. Shoulder injury. James Worthy was hurt in the third quarter of game four. Missed all of game five with an ankle injury. Gets a, l- a little lucky. Now we're talking legitimate players here. James Worthy, big-time star. Byron Scott was a, gr- was a great Laker for, for many years. So Jordan got lucky there. So 1991 November, Magic retires. Retires! Out of the league! Ten months later, Larry Bird retires. 94, Isaiah Thomas retires. These are Hall of Fame top 30, Nick, top 30 players all time. That just clears the path for Michael Jordan to dominate the rest of the 90s. How lucky did Michael Jordan get? I mean, he got lucky. In 96, when the league was garbage, Michael Jordan's Bulls went 15-3 and in the playoffs. No Larry, no Magic, no Isaiah. It was a bunch of young guys coming up. 97, 15-4. and 98, 15-6. And then he retires. This is how bad the East was. When Michael Jordan was starring with the Bulls. Two teams pushed them to seven games. That's it. That's it. Van Gundy's Knicks in 92. I think it was Van Gundy in 92. And the Indiana Pacers in 98. That's it. That's how weak the East was when Michael Jordan dominated. So I don't want to hear about all this this luck for the Warriors. Everybody has luck and needs luck. Now. To go off what you said about Chris Paul, we're, we're going to talk in depth about this Chris Paul injury. Um, 
and Chris Paul, you know, being a bit of a fraud. I'm sorry. Let's just keep it real. He gets hurt every year. Every year. Nick, don't shake your head, Nick. Okay? This is a guy every postseason something with this. Oh, I'm not a Chris Paul fan. I'm I'm not a Chris Paul fan Jason, he finally earned his CP3 title. He made it to the third round. Yeah, because he beat up on the Jazz backup point guard and Raul Neto. And I mean, come on. Ricky <laughs> Rubio wasn't even there. And it's not like Rubio's amazing. Raul Neto and um, was Dante Exum playing or is he hurt again? He's probably hurt. But like, you know, the Chris Paul, listen, I, yes, he was he was great in game four. I was, I was one of the best games I've seen him play this postseason. Second half of game five, he was unbelievable. Now, Draymond Green made a good point that he only made six shots in that game, but they all were pretty clutch. So coming up next, we're going to dive deep into uh, the Chris Paul injury history. Okay, listen, a lot of people out here in L.A. have seen this. They've seen this before with with Chris Paul. Okay, and before we go any deeper on on Chris Paul, I want to leave you with this stat. This is going to blow your mind. LeBron has never missed a playoff game due to injury. Never! Not one! I saw 234 straight playoff games. Chris Paul can't stay healthy for a postseason! LeBron never missed... Listen, I... I, I, I got LeBron is unbelievable. Everybody jokes about vibranium. I mean, LeBron might, might seriously have some vibranium. It's unbelievable what this guy does year in and year out. All right, coming up next here on the big lead, Fox Sports Radio. If you're a fan of Chris Paul, you may want to turn off your radio. I know you're not supposed to say that, you know, when you're hosting a show. But we're going to, you know, I'm going in a little bit on Chris Paul. The guy's shimmying in the shimmying in the third quarter. It's not like, listen, win, win the series before you hit the shimmy. This is like Baker Mayfield with his throat slash at halftime against Georgia. We'll do that next. But first, let's go to Isaac Lowenkron for the latest in sports. Jason, the headline in this morning's Cleveland Plain Dealer read, LeBron refuses to let Cavs lose. Cliched, but accurate. As his 46 points, 11 rebounds, and 9 assists carried the Cavs to a 109-99 victory over the Celtics, forcing a Game 7 on Sunday at Boston. It feels good just to be able to, to play for another game. And, um... You know, like I've always said, Game 7 is the best two words in sports. And for us to be on the road in another high-side environment where we've had no success up to this point, um, you know, we should roll this opportunity and, uh, you know, have fun with it. Kevin Love's status for Game 7 unknown after he left Game 6 when he hurt his head in a collision. Tonight at 9 Eastern, Game 6 of the Western Conference Finals from Oracle Arena with the Rockets leading the Warriors three games to two, but Houston without Chris Paul due to a strained right hamstring. More on that coming up moments from now with Jason. In fact, the hamstring portion alone of the segment slated to last a minimum of six minutes. Baseball Friday night. Glaber Torres' seventh inning home run gave the Yankees a 2-1 win over the Angels. James Paxton, 11 strikeouts in seven innings in the Mariners' 2-1 win over the Twins. And Matt Kemp's three-run home run helped the Dodgers defeat the Padres 4-1. Dodgers have won seven of eight following a six-game losing streak. Jason, take a deep breath. Here we go with Chris Paul's injury history. Back to you. <laughs> Thank you, Isaac. Listen, I, 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 I'm not going to say that Chris Paul uh, is garbage. He's not. He's a very good point guard. But this love that he gets, I mean, what do you think it stems from? The guy carries, I know he's tight with LeBron, right? So he carries himself like LeBron. He talks down to people, very demeaning of teammates, very demanding. 
And listen, on some level, I get that. I totally understand that. He's driven to succeed. But, I mean, the injuries. Rob, why can't this guy stay healthy? Uh, I don't want to say, you know, the an NBA player told this, uh, said this recently. I, I don't want to give his name just in case he didn't want. I, okay, I can say Who is it? All right, so a uh, guy I work with at FS1 sometimes, Kyron Butler, hosts a show here on Fox Sports Radio on the weekend. Um, he knows basketball, obviously. He played in the league. He was a UConn star. He was a teammate of Chris Paul. And he made the case, again, he didn't say this on air, he made the case that Chris Paul exerts himself so hard, tries so much, gets his body so tight, I got to win, I got to win, I got to make this play, that he always gets injured. He's playing so tight, and he's wound up so much. And you can see it on the court, man. He is, he's trying to draw fouls. He, he complains a lot to, uh, to referees. And that's one of the reasons I don't like him. The guy, all he does is complain, I was fouled on this play. I was fouled on that play. I didn't commit a foul. It's like he barks so much it wears on me. But Karan Butler said, this guy, he's going to get hurt. I mean, I know he's playing heavy minutes, and he's got to. Mike D'Antoni shrunk the rotation. And Chris Paul's played really well in the series. He's played better than James Harden. But he exerts himself so much that he keeps getting hurt. So I'll never forget the 2016 Clippers, right? That was the year the Warriors won 73 games. And everybody was like, all right, well, they're going to have to get through the Clippers. Clippers won 53 games. So Clippers go up 2-0 on Portland. And what happens, Nick? Blake Griffin gets hurt. Chris Paul gets hurt. Portland wins the series 4-2. I mean, it's all the time with Chris Paul. Now, injuries do happen, right? Rob, I'm, I'm not going to – injuries are pivotal. You mentioned Kawhi Leonard and have the Warriors dodged him twice. Yeah, they, they have. He's a top 10 player in the league, top five. But this happens a lot. And, and folks, nobody wants to talk about this. Now, you guys are Laker fans. 2010, Lakers-Celtics. Okay? Celtics take the lead 3-2. Kendrick Perkins gets hurt. Now, I know people are going to say, well, it's Kendrick Perkins. Kendrick Perkins was a first-round pick. In that year, 2010, he averaged a career-high 10 points a game, such 60% from the field. But in parallel to Andre Iguodala, Kendrick Perkins, Celtics-Lakers 2010, he gets hurt, misses the final two games. And the Celtics' defense... It just it was a huge loss. Do you remember Kendrick Perkins in that series? He, no, he went down. That was a big deal, Jason. I remember a lot of Laker fans who were kind of casual, like, oh, who, it's Kendrick Perkins. Who cares? No, that guy was huge on defense. That was a big hole in the Celtics team. Glue, glue guy, right? And that's what Igudala is for the Warriors. They've missed him. And, and and you can see there's a clip on the internet. Uh, game five, like three minutes left. Rockets decide, okay, we're going to throw that double at Durant. Durant gets it in the post, and you see the other four Warriors, no movement. And James Harden's guarding Sean Livingston. Harden says, well, Livingston can't shoot threes. I'm just going to sag off and double. And Durant couldn't get through the double team and score. And it's like, Igudala can shoot threes. I know he hasn't been great at them this year, but that's where you miss him. Kendrick Perkins for the Celtics. That was a huge loss in 2010. Lakers win the final two games, win the series. I know you guys are familiar with a gentleman by the name of Derrick Rose. 2012. The year after he was the MVP. 
They had lost to LeBron's Heat in the Eastern Conference Finals. But the 2012, 20, you know, 2011, 2012, uh, Derrick Rose was the best player in the league. Sorry, he was. He was the MVP. The next year was a strike, so uh, it was a shortened season, but the Bulls were the number one seed, won 50 games, and what happens in the first round against the Sixers? Derrick Rose, who shouldn't have been on the court. They're up 10 with a minute left. And Derrick Rose gets hurt, and he's done, and, and they lost, and LeBron's heat took over the East. Derrick Rose is never the same again. So, you know, whether it's Chris Paul, uh, Russell Westbrook had a major injury. So the year after OKC went to the finals, Westbrook goes down. And he had like a collision with uh, Rob, with Patrick Beverly, thank you. And what happened? They lost in the second round. Like injuries happen in the playoffs. Now, if you want to look bigger picture and say, well, wait a second. Why aren't these guys resting up? Are they getting hurt because of too much exertion? I mean, LeBron's played 99 games this year. And that's another reason I love the Celtics in Game 7. LeBron has played 99 games this year. Didn't miss a game in the regular season. Led the NBA in minutes per game. You don't think LeBron's going to be worn down? The the mental exhaustion, Game 7, maybe his final game with the Cavs ever? Going into free agency, facing a young, bouncy team. I I, I love the Celtics, and, and I like the Warriors to come back and win the next two. Even if Chris Paul were healthy, I, I would still pick the Warriors. And I know that people are going to say, no, you wouldn't. I, 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 I go, go back to what I opened the show with. Adversity. We're going to see what these Warriors are made of. We're going to find out. I think it's tough. I think their toughness. I think their mental ability to clear these hurdles is going to be great. And I, and I can hear you yelling in the radio, well, what about two years ago when they led 3-1 and couldn't close it out? Okay. I mean, if, if you want to talk about Dray, uh, Draymond Green's suspension, Andrew Bogut, their only rim protector, breaking his leg, being lost for the series, you know, yeah, sure. Uh, we, can, we can mention that stuff as well. But we're going to see. Would you guys say this is the biggest game in Kevin Durant's career? Yep. Because Rob, if, he, if he loses this game, my God. That says bad. Rob, you're in agreement, right? I'm yes. trying to think of a bet. He he never, in that finals against the Heat, they won game one, and then they lost the next four. So there was never a like, dude, you got to win this game. I mean, I guess if you're down 2-1, it's like a must win. But um, And then last year, there was no important game because they were up. 2-0, and then 3-0, and then 3-1. This is really the first major, major test. So can we hey, can we set this set this up on social media this way, Rob? Because we, last week, folks, uh, and, and again, I try not to brag, although I'm doing some bragging on the show. Um, we Our top 10 list, according to Rob, was one of the biggest engaged social media posts at Fox in the last couple of weeks. So we try to drop some bombs on here. And, and I'm telling you, this is the biggest game of Kevin Durant's career at this point. I don't think that's too hot of a take. Am I missing a game? There was certainly nothing last year. This is, Kevin Durant, you can't lose this game. And I know what you're going to say. Oh, he's got Clay and Curry and Draymond. That's fine. But Kevin Durant came here to start a dynasty and win titles, not to lose in the conference finals. Really quick, Jason. You just said dynasty. 
let's just go crazy because the, the Warriors should handle game six, no problem. But let's just go crazy and say they lose that game and Harden goes off, uh. Capella goes off, and KD has a Capella really, goes off. Yeah, yeah, right? He has a really subpar game. Does that hurt KD's legacy in the Warriors dynasty at all, even a little? Well, of course. Yeah, I mean, you can't have a dynasty if you've only won two finals in four years. Okay. So I just want to make sure. I mean, they did, they're not even getting to the finals this year. Not even to a game seven. Like, if they lose game six, that's bad. Yeah, I mean, this is going to be not good. I mean, I, I don't want to go overboard. And, Rob, I know we got to go to break here. Um, but I think you lose this series. I think you've got to start thinking about, <laughs> you know, some scenarios about, you know, Clay Thompson's had a rough series. He's been outplayed by Eric Gordon. I'm not saying you trade Clay Thompson. Draymond Green, I think, is in the middle of a, of a deal. What do you do with Draymond? I mean, Draymond Green, awesome. He's the heartbeat of that team. He's a liability on offense right now. A lot of questions for the Warriors. I think we're getting ahead of ourselves because I think they win the series. Coming up next year on the big lead, Fox Sports Radio. Oh, boy, the national anthem protests. I know you don't like this topic, but there's a reason you don't like it. Because everybody's so entrenched on their side. No matter what I say next, you don't, you're not going to be convinced. I'm still going to do my best. We'll talk about that next on The Big Lead, Fox Sports Radio. Progressive Insurance, creators of the Name Your Price tool. Choose from a range of coverage options and pick the price that works for you. Visit Progressive.com today. Back here on the big lead, Fox Sports Radio. Made the mistake of waiting onto social media just now. Actually, we're getting a lot of good reaction to the show. It's been a fun uh, near two hours. Again, if you like this, I'm going to be hosting the Dan Patrick Show Monday morning after Game 7. After the Celtics win Game 7. And a couple hours before the Warriors win their Game 7. Uh, I'll be hosting Dan Patrick Monday morning with... Uh, Doug Gottlieb. So that should be fun. All right. I actually did not want to talk about the next topic here. I just, I had no interest. And as I do before every show, you know, me and producer Rob are, are batting ideas around. and um, He tells me, no, we got to talk about it. And, you know, I personally hate this discussion because, I, as I said before the break, everyone is entrenched. You feel this way. It's unwavering. You're locked in. It's a zero-sum game. There's no win here at all. The national anthem debate just, it crushes, it kills me because I can make a compelling argument that right now Aaron Rodgers is a better quarterback, more talented than Tom Brady. And we could discuss that for 15 minutes and maybe I sway you, maybe I don't. But I I can come to the table armed with a lot of information. Same deal with Kevin Durant versus LeBron. Same deal, LeBron versus Jordan, if you want to go that route. Uh, I mean, we, Sports is fun. Nobody's getting angry. People get angry about the national anthem debate. I, 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 I'm really out on this discussion. I, I think you just lose half your audience. What, what I'm about to say, my take on the national anthem, 50% of you are going to be like, oh, that must mean he's a Democrat or a Republican, and I'm out on this guy now. Michael Jordan said it best. Republicans buy sneakers too. 
He never took a stand on it. Politics, that is. And he was ripped by the media. But who cares what the media says? Honestly, right? I mean, think about this. Last night, LeBron had on his shoes, on his sneakers, uh, he had to quote, the man in the arena. So I looked that up. And uh, it's part of a Teddy Roosevelt speech. And the gist of it is, it's not the critic who counts. Okay? It's not the critic who matters. Because all he's doing is pointing out how, uh, how that strong guy in the arena, he's doing battle. The critic is just pointing out, oh, he, he's struggling and he's stumbling and uh, what he could have done better. But the credit really belongs to the guy who's in the arena fighting. And, and I love that. I mean, and this is why I love, I'm a fan of LeBron. I'm a, I just like the guy. He gets it. So Michael Jordan went on to say, mm, I'm out on politics. I'm not talking about that. He's the greatest player ever. A billionaire owns an a, a NBA team. Michael Jordan's living the dream, and he did not chime in on politics. So from my point of view, I'd rather not chime in on politics and win. But got a radio show to do here. Uh, I got to pick pick a side, right? That's where we are these days. Um, I just don't want you thinking what I'm about to say locks me into a political party because I have zero connection to either of those. I think politics is ugly. I hate it. I like sticking to sports. I'm socially liberal, and I'm a fiscal conservative. Where am I on the anthem? Well, if the anthem's playing and I'm in the stadium, I'm taking off my hat and I'm standing. And my kids are going to stand with me. Yes, there have been far too many ugly, racially charged incidents in the last few years, hell, for decades, involving police and minorities. That's, you know, that's an unassailable fact. Okay? I told the story on this show how I had uh, a gun pulled on me by a cop when I tried... I was moving, and I tried to drive across the Brooklyn Bridge in a U-Haul. And this was a few years after 9-11. I mean, it was just, it was idiotic of me. And, of course, I had, I was moving, I was too cheap to hire movers, so I had some family members do it. So now you got four brown guys sitting in the front of a U-Haul trying to cross the Brooklyn Bridge. Uh, So a police guy stepped into the middle of the intersection. This is in the middle of the day. And the guy pulls his gun and says, stop, freeze. I'm like, oh, my gosh, you know. It was it was tough. Luckily, you know, not, nobody shot her at us or anything. Um, but I understand the situation, the gravity in this country right now. But still, when it comes to the anthem, the NBA has a rule. They've had one in place for decades. Nobody challenges it. The NFL essentially is chal- is saying we're going to kind of do the same thing, essentially, and people are freaked out. And, and to me, that's just stupid. And that's these people being entrenched in their tribalism. Well, I, I like the NBA. Adam Silver lets players wear I can't breathe t-shirts. So I, I'm that's fine for me. I'm sticking with them. Uh, uh Roger Goodell, he, he you know, he's a billion, he's a rich millionaire, and all these billionaire owners are the worst. And see if it comes about politics. And I just I don't think I'm gonna be able to convince anybody that what the NBA does works. And the NFL wants to do that, and it should work, and they're kind of getting shafted. I don't know if that's going to convince you or not. Uh, I'm not out here to try to do that in this discussion because there's, it's a no-win situation. You know, I can sway you on Kevin Durant versus LeBron. Wait, why are you laughing at that? 
I can sway you on Kevin Durant versus LeBron. I can sway you on should the Lakers trade Lonzo Ball for the number one pick. I can do that. I hear the laughter in that room. I see them cracking up. National Anthem debate. I'm going to stand. And you know what? If you want to, you should. But if the league says players got to stand, players got to stand. Coming up next year on the big lead, Fox Sports Radio. Trade Lonzo Ball? Yeah, I'm going to convince Our number three here on the big lead, Fox Sports Radio. Happy Memorial Day weekend, everybody. I am your fearless leader, Jason McIntyre, coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit Geico.com for a free rate quote. Awesome Memorial Day weekend for hoops. I told the wife, hey, listen, I know you want to go out to dinner. You want to go to the beach. We could do stuff during the day. Nights are off limits. Can't miss LeBron. Can't miss KD. Folks, it's setting up to be two game sevens back to back. Sunday and Monday. Clear the schedule. I can't wait. I'm so excited. Playoffs are here. They're getting heated. And listen, we may not get a good finals. I'm keeping it real here. If it's Warriors LeBron, you're looking at the brooms coming out. All right? I told you guys what LeBron did against the Warriors last year in the finals, and it wasn't good. I mean, Kevin Durant in the fourth quarter of the 2017 finals obliterated LeBron. He outscored him 46-27. He outshot him 62% to 46%. And he outshot him from three, 60% in the fourth quarter for Kevin Durant. LeBron, just a feeble 16. And, you know, that's when I started to say Durant's the best player on the planet. I know LeBron's made a strong case this week, but one of my things is you never want to make a radical change based on one or two games in the small sample size. LeBron was phenomenal last night. No doubt about that. Nobody's arguing that. Kevin Durant's been subpar the last two days. Let's see what he gets in game six with a lot at stake and then game seven. But we've done a lot on the playoffs. I want to quickly pivot and spend some time here talking about a story that nobody else is really has it on their radar. Everybody's focused on Kevin Durant versus LeBron and the finals coming up and Brad Stevens and the Celtics. But the real big story in the NBA that's bubbling up is whether or not the Lakers are going to end up trading Lonzo Ball. Now, we know the Lakers are the only team right now in the NBA that can afford two max contracts. The stars have been aligning for LeBron for a while. LeBron and Paul George combined with what the Lakers have in Lonzo, Ingram, Kuzma, Josh Hart. It looks awesome for the Lakers. But here's why all of a sudden it's starting to feel like LeVar Ball and his big fat mouth He's starting to write checks that he can't cash. That's the problem right now with LeVar Ball. He keeps saying foolish things. And I talked earlier in the show, it's about the, the small things in life, in, in your marriage. A lot of guys out there married. You know, before your wife can tell you, take the trash out. Surprise her with flowers every six, seven, eight weeks. Just do the little things. They add up. But on the other side of the ledger, the little things also add up. 
in a bad way, like LeVar blasting Luke Walton, like LeVar wondering why a certain player took the last shot and it wasn't his son, like LeVar saying this week, which was just absolutely staggering. Well, I think Lonzo's going to be fully healthy next year. I mean, I don't know what the Lakers were doing with him. This is a direct quote from LeVar Ball to Hoops Hype. If you're going to be doing these kinds of workouts with rubber bands like that dude Gunner has him doing, that's BS training. That's what I call it. Lonzo wasn't like that when I brought him over here. When he first came to the Lakers, Lonzo never got hurt. Bro, you blasted the coach, now you're blasting the training staff? Gunnar Peterson is one of the one of America's most trusted trainers. He works with everybody. He knows that it's not about muscle mass and bench press and idiotic stuff like that. It's about pliability, flexibility. Gunner's helping young Lonzo Ball. It's all about the band work. Go look at LeBron's workout videos. I don't mind admitting this. You know, it's a national radio show. I don't care. I've seen LeBron do some of his workouts, and I've bought the stuff, okay? Yes, I have. Yay. I've bought it, and and I do it in my home. I show the kids. I'm like, guys, let's get on this. Balance. LeBron does yoga. Your boy started doing some yoga. Yes, I started taking a yoga class. It's pretty phenomenal. Like, what are you doing, LeVar Ball? Like, what are you thinking? Now, I was starting to get some tweets earlier in the show when I said this. No team wanted Lonzo Ball last year in the draft more than the Phoenix Suns. They dreamed of a Lonzo Ball-Devin Booker backcourt. The new mini Splash Brothers, or whatever you want to call them. I know Lonzo can't shoot, but he did shoot, I think, 39 or 40% from three at UCLA. Rough year as a rookie, that's fine. But when LeVar keeps popping off like this, it makes it really easy for Magic Johnson to say, hey, sons, you really wanted Lonzo last year. We'll give you Lonzo, and uh, you know, we'll throw in a 2020 first-round pick, or you know, we'll throw in something else, not one of our core players. I'm not giving you Josh Hart. Josh Hart's a good player. We'll give you Lonzo Ball and something. Give us the number one pick. Now, I got to preface that by saying, yes, Magic and Rob Palenka in the Lakers front office need to ask LeBron what he thinks. <laughs> okay? It kind of paramount. You need to run this by LeBron because, frankly, they got to do whatever LeBron says. Now, I heard an awesome theory from somebody. Rob, I haven't run this by you. Nick, I haven't even mentioned this to you. When you look at LeBron's options, they're dwindling. There's really five teams. I'm going to rule out the Spurs, okay? I don't think he's going to San Antonio for the twilight of his career. I just don't see that happening. I do, still don't think he's going to the Rockets. Chris Paul injured. Come on, you know how ticked LeBron's going to be if he goes there and Chris Paul gets hurt again? Or James Harden starts, you know, struggling like this? And they're going to have to give up some of those valuable role players. I thought, I think Houston's out. So Philly's the last other team besides the Lakers. This is what I heard on Philly. When you look at how Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons are treated in Philadelphia, it's basically like royalty. After Carson Wentz, they're the two most popular players in the city. 
Carson Wentz runs Philly right now. They love him. But Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid are right there. They bend over backwards for those guys. They are the alphas. You're telling me these two guys just coming into their own. I mean, hell, Ben Simmons has been compared to Magic and LeBron. As a potential down-the-road Ben Simmons. Why, why would I want to play next to LeBron? You, you think they're going to all of a sudden seed their spot in, not even in the organization, but in the city and in the league as two of the best young up-and-coming players? And remember, wherever LeBron goes, there's drama. When LeBron first went to Miami, there was drama. 10, 20 games in when they were struggling with Spolstra, remember LeBron went to Pat Riley in a meeting and was like, Pat, do you ever think about coming back and coaching? That's LeBron planting the seed like, yo, this Spolstra guy. eh." Okay, right now that's a Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid conversation in Philly. LeBron comes in, that's his conversation. That's his team. It's not going to work in Philly. It's not. The Lakers are where LeBron's going to go. Now, the other option is to stay in Cleveland. And I I just don't see how that's possible, especially when they lose Game 7. So when you look at the LeBron-Lakers situation, yeah, LeBron will come to the Lakers and run the show. I got no problem with that. Nobody does. Kuzma, great young player. He's not ready to run the show. Ingram, very promising young player. He's not. Come on. Lonzo's not an alpha. He's not. Guys, barely talks on the basketball court. He's 20 years old. He can't be an alpha yet. Is he 21? Maybe he turned 21. But I'm saying, if LeBron thinks, well, you know, I don't want this LeVar Ball guy in the background chirping anytime we go on a three-game losing streak. Like, can you imagine, Rob, for a second, what what the mentality was in Cleveland when they were in disarray? Can you imagine if LeVar Ball was witnessing that? Oh, my. It would have been a bloodbath. LeBron doesn't need that distraction. Now, the other side of the argument is LeBron don't want to win with rookies. Is he going to want to play with DeAndre Ayton or Luka Doncic or whomever? And I think that's a legitimate question because that's a pressure cooker to be going against James Harden and Chris Paul or Steph Curry and Klay Thompson and you're a rookie. You know, that's that's a lot to ask. LeBron... His track record is, I don't play with rookies. Okay, he didn't do it in Miami. He didn't do it on his second tour in Cleveland. He shipped Andrew Wiggins out to bring in Kevin Love. It, it, it feels to me like LeVar Ball is doing a lot of damage right now. And he could end up getting Lonzo traded. Now, I guess the alternative, Rob, and I haven't really broached this deep enough, is there a, a veteran... Who Lonzo would, uh, who the Lakers would love to get in exchange for Lonzo? And I guess you could say Kawhi Leonard. <laughs> Kawhi Leonard, you know. I mean, but again, Kawhi Leonard's going to demand a lot of money. You know, I, I I don't know if the Lakers could put a get package together to get Kawhi Leonard, and then you've got Kawhi, Paul George, LeBron. That's a lot. I'm just saying it. Feels to me, especially May 18th, eight days ago, when the Lakers came out in the LA Times and were like, hey, we love our young core, but nobody's untouchable here. That's a message 
I'm just saying, LeVar, I know you listen to radio out here. You got those rabbit ears. You're on social media. Dude, you, you better pipe down. This is just not going to end well for you. Unless you want to end up in Phoenix with that awful owner, Robert Sarver, and a franchise going nowhere. You know, I know everybody likes Lonzo a lot. I like Lonzo. I think he's got upside. I think he could be a multiple-time all-star and a key cog on a uh, on a championship team, but not if his dad's yelling and saying stupid incendiary things to anger the franchise. Stay in your lane. <laughs> Lakers fans, I, I'd like to hear from you. Hit me up on social media. I mean, maybe we'll take a couple callers, but I trading Lonzo suddenly feels like it's on the table. Coming up next year on the big lead, Fox Sports Radio. Kevin Durant's had an underwhelming last two games against the Rockets. I still think he's better than LeBron James. I'll explain next. I thought I had to retire him from the season, Jason. Maybe bring him back. Lonzo, Nick. It's funny. I, I was just went on uh, social media. By the way, the rest of the show is going to be off the hook because producer Rob and I just went through the entire NBA looking for Lonzo Ball trade destinations, and there's several really good ones. You're going to love this. Uh, but somebody in the break, you know, on social media was like, hey, man, Michael Jordan beat some good teams. Someone else was like, dude, the Utah Jazz scored 54 games in an NBA Finals game. 54 points in game three of the NBA Finals in 98. 54 points. That's a half for the Rockets or Warriors. I'm being, I'm going to ask you guys this again. This is stuff we have not talked about. No prep here. Yes or no? Could the 2017-18 Rockets, healthy of course, would they have swept those Jazz teams that went to the finals against Jordan? Jeff Hornacek, Byron Russell. Let me check who else was on those those rosters. Uh, Sheldon Anderson, Howard Isley. Carl Malone was 34. Oh my gosh. Carl Malone was 34. Hornacek was 34. Stockton was 34. 35. That team would get obliterated by the Rockets or Warriors. Swept? Ooh. I, gentlemen sweep. How, How are that? they guarding? Gentlemen sweep. I, 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 come on. I respect Rob, Carl are you going to give them Stockton a game? Too much. I would say no. I don't think they could come within 10 points of the Warriors in any of the games. I would say sweep, but Carmelo would make a case to be the first guy to get MVP in a Oh, a get the sweep. hell out of no, here. No, because Carmelo would get buckets in that series. What, Stockton's just going to hang out and not do, do anything? Do you know what they would do to Carl Malone every single play? Pick and roll yeah, against that's Carl Malone. Defense. And he, yeah, you offense. don't think it wears him down? No. I mean, Carl, Carl Malone's Malone, built like a lumberjack. Carl Malone ended up defending, I guess, like Dennis Carl Rodman. Wood for fun. Luke Longley. There's like no movement required on defense for that. You just stayed okay. out on the post. Who's going to guard Carl Malone on the Warriors? Draymond Green. Get out of here. What do you mean? He's get out of here. Draymond Green is in 40 Defensive player of the year. Like last okay. year or two years. You know, here's a hot take for you. Are you ready for this one? Draymond Green is an overrated positional <laughs> defender. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One-on-one, you watch this series, Draymond Green has been getting it. Are you seeing what's happening? As a team defender, he's great. Are you seeing what's happening? I mean, Nick, this is crazy. <laughs> A couple of games that go off off books unscripted and people are freaking the F out hey. about the Warriors. I mean, it's like, oh my gosh. The, producer Rob just read to me a headline 
on a, on our rival network. Do the Warriors need to break up their core if they lose this series? People are losing their minds all of a sudden now, Rob. Draymond Green is getting exposed as a defender. Well, I mean, I'm surprised he's still alive after Harden posted him into oblivion. Do you oh, see that? Oh, gosh, Why? two poster dunks. <laughs> I, I respect Draymond for challenging him. Let me just say, there's one thing where you can speak facts, and there's another where it's just like, you know, you're going overboard off a game or two or three. Here's a fact. Eric Gordon is outplaying Clay Thompson in this series. That's undeniable. I mean, go look at... Go watch the tape. Eric Gordon is, I mean, and he's not even playing incredible. Gordon's, I think he's shooting like 34% from deep, but he's averaging 18. Gordon is a smart player. Okay? And and this goes back to a topic that I, I, I said on, on FS1 this week that I didn't say yet here. There's something about desire and want that you can't calculate. And... A lot of people say the Warriors are soft. They're suburban guys. That may be true, but they were suburban guys the last three years when they went to the finals and won two titles. <laughs> Here's what the difference is. And, and that's why I think that's off base. When you look at the Houston Rockets, what does P.J. Tucker want? Nothing. He was in Israel and Germany playing basketball a few years ago. What does Chris Paul want? Nothing. He's never been to the conference finals before this year. Clint Capella, hungry. Go watch how he plays the first five minutes of the game. He's a non-factor after that. But he always starts hot. He wants to block every shot. He wants to rebound everything. He wants to dunk everything. Go look at how Eric Gordon is playing. Like, you know what? This might be his best shot ever at winning a damn thing. And there is that hunger. Eric Gordon knows, my three's not falling. I'm going to attack the rim. And he's like automatic from the foul line. I think he's like 20 or 21 in the series. There's hunger. And and this is not disrespectful to the Warriors. But they've won two titles in three years. Kevin Durant waited his entire life to win a title. There is a burden that falls off when you finally got it. It's unquantifiable. And it's not a knock. But there is a hunger in a lot of these Rockets players. I just don't see it the defensive end out of the Warriors in this series. Now, maybe it's because they're tired of going to the finals. You know, you get exhausted. Like, there's a reason when Michael Jordan retired after three years, you know, he came back and went to three more because he was out for a year and a half. People love to talk, oh, well, Jordan went to six straight finals. Well, no. He took a year and a half off. I mean, when you're going to the finals three years in a row, you're playing an extra 20-ish postseason game. That's what, another thing that makes LeBron so friggin' special. Going to the final seven years in a row, he's not wearing down. What does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance? It means you probably should have gone to Geico.com 15 minutes ago. So let me get back briefly to Kevin Durant versus LeBron. Because, I'm, I'm listen, I'm taking fire from everywhere. I went to play pickup ball on Monday. And a dude, uh, you know, he's a really good player. He's like, Mac, I want you on my team. I just, you got to stop with the Kevin Durant LeBron stuff. I was like, all right. Let's quickly go through it again. And this was the argument last week. And two games is not going to change anything. 
Better defender, Kevin Durant. Better passer, LeBron. Better rebounder, LeBron. Better shooter, Kevin Durant. Did you? How about this fun fact? Kevin Durant is 37 for 37 on free throws. I believe in this series. Is that right? Or is that not? But he's missed basically a couple of free throws in the entire postseason. He's been so, so freaking good. Kevin Durant is amazing from the line. He's a better shooter. He's a better scorer than LeBron. Now, I know that you'll say, no, that can't be true. That, that's impossible. LeBron scored. He has seven 40-point games this postseason. Well, I mean, are we going to talk about the fact that he faced a rookie in OG Ananobi? And when he was off the court, it was Pascal Sycam, whatever that is. And I love LeBron, but, I mean... LeBron gave it to a plumber in the first round, Bogdan Bogdanovich. Like, let's be realistic. He's not going against, you know, incredible defenders. Okay, I have the numbers. Durant is indeed 37 for 37 on free throws in the conference finals. I mean, he's missed eight free throws in 15 playoff games. He's incredible. So, yes, as a better player, I will stick with Durant. Now, again, the one miscalculation, and I concede, I totally whiffed on this. Adversity. We don't know what Durant is going to be made of when adversity hits. They say that, what is it, a true test of character is how you handle adversity. Well, we're going to find out a lot about Kevin Durant in the next 92 hours, 72 hours. If he no-shows in game six and they lose, oh, boy. If he no-shows and they win game six and then no-shows and they lose game seven, it's still going to be open season on Kevin Durant. And again, he doesn't need to go out and get 40. It's not about that. He's got to get the points, but he's got to be a willing passer. He's got to make the right play. If Kevin Durant comes out and gives you 30, 10 boards, 5 assists, that's a great game. What do you got, Nick? Jason, he has... Four assists in four games. Nah, yeah. Um, just want to bring yeah, that up. And, and again, I need to go back to the... Yes, that is a very valid point. LeBron's a better passer. We know that. They're different players. LeBron's DNA is to be like Magic, right? Kevin Durant is more of a Jordan. He's more of just a scoring machine. You can't stop him. And I think the argument could be made there that Steve Kerr has not adjusted. And I know we got to go to break here in a sec. But I... I, I the Rocket strategy is simple. We're going to dare... Draymond, Igudala, Kevon Looney, whoever else is Nick, Nick Swaggy P. We'll dare those guys to shoot. We're not going to let Durant roast us inside like he did in game one when he dropped 38, 37 on us, whatever it was. And Steve Kerr hasn't adjusted. He can't find the right body because it ain't Livingston. Sean Livingston can't shoot. He can't shoot three. I personally think they're probably going to have to figure out a way Maybe you get Clay and Kevin Durant in some pick and roll. Maybe you go Steph and Clay in the pick and roll and make the rest of the defense adjust. And and you got to just figure out a way to get Kevin Durant involved, not so it's an ISO move where it's, you know, back to the basket. And that's not totally Durant's game, right? He doesn't look totally comfortable. He looks comfortable when he's 21 feet from the hoop and you don't know how to stop him and he just pulls up and drops a three in your eye like he did on LeBron. 
in Game 3 in Cleveland last year. The most iconic shot in Durant's career. I looked that up on YouTube, by the way. Great call on that, Mike Breen. Shout out to Mike Breen. I've been indifferent on Mike Breen, but he's come around. I like him. I, I like Mike Breen. All right, coming up next here on The Big Lead, Fox Sports Radio. I've said it before, I'll say it again. LeBron, greatest elimination game player ever in NBA history, and the Celtics are winning Game 7. That's next, but first, let's go to Isaac Lowenkron for the latest in sports. Jason, we're going to a Game 7 of the Eastern Conference Finals, thanks to LeBron James, whose 46 points, 11 rebounds, and 9 assists Friday night carried the Cavaliers to a 109-99 Game 6 victory over the Celtics. It feels good just to be able to, to play for another game. And, um, you know, like I've always said, Game 7 is the best two words in sports. And for us to be on the road in another high side environment where we've had no success up to this point, um, you know, we should relish the opportunity and, uh, you know, have fun with it. I thought the best two words in sports were max contract. Anyway, Game 7 Sunday at Boston. Kevin Love's status for Game 7, unknown after he left Game 6 when he hurt his head in a collision. Tonight at 9 Eastern, Game 6 of the Western Conference Finals from Oracle Arena with the Rockets leading the Warriors three games to two, but Houston without Chris Paul due to a strained right hamstring. Finally, one Major League Baseball game gets underway at the top of the hour, and it's a good one as the Red Sox take on the Braves at Fenway. Atlanta leading the NL East at 29-20, and while the Red Sox with the best record in baseball at 35-16. and Jason, back to you. Thank you, Isaac. Back here on the big lead, Fox Sports Radio, coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios out here in sunny L.A. Nice little morning shaping up. I got a great day ahead. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit Geico.com for a free rate quote. We'll play some ball after this. Ball so hard, University. Um... Here's a fun fact. You know who I've been playing basketball with occasionally on, on Saturdays when I'm allowed to play when I get a hall pass from the wife? Sugar Shane Mosley. <gasps> yeah. He's fast. <laughs> He's very fast. Um, yeah. Going to watch a hand Solo movie today. Very stoked for that. Have you seen it yet? No, but I'm going to. I can't wait. Rob, are you excited or no? Got tickets for Monday. Yeah. Yep. And then, of course, Game 6 tonight, Golden State's going to be popping off. You guys smell a blowout. He, Rob just said the line is 12-and-a-half. Oh, I take the over. You think the Warriors are going to win by over it's, 12? It's, it should, and it should be a See, blowout. See, this yeah. is the only thing I don't like about this game. Every single person on planet Earth is saying that. True. Warriors are hearing it on social media. They're, they turn on the radio. They turn on the TV. And then it starts to get in your head, oh, we got this. And then you don't come out and play, you play bad. James Harden could go off for 45 or 50, and you lose. I. What would that do for James? We talked earlier about how it would affect Kevin Durant and the Warriors. What would that do for James Harden? What if he drops, like you know, like you said, 45, and they beat the Warriors at Golden State? That would be unbelievable for well, his legacy. I mean, he's the MVP. MVP of the league, right? He's probably going to yeah, win MVP. Yeah. Just for the record, my vote goes to LeBron. Um. I actually, I worry about Harden because there's a lot of pressure on him. And he's wilted under pressure. I mean, you go look at the uh, the finals. I forget the year when he was on the Heat. Uh, when he faced the Heat, Thunder Heat. I mean, James Harden had a brutal series. I think he had one good game and the rest, he just, it looked a little too big. And I think, and Rob, you might have made this point. He got traded after that series. 
And I know he was young, but it almost felt like maybe OKC saw him in the big spot and they were like, yeah, we don't know if this guy's built for it. He may just, he's not going to be an MVP. He's not going to be a superstar. And, and that was a bad, awful call by Sam Presti. Um, so anyways, very excited for game six tonight. Then game seven Sunday night. Of course, Monday you're going to wake up and listen to me hosting the Dan Patrick show. Very excited about that. And then you got Monday night, you got hopefully game seven Warriors Rockets. So it's a big Memorial Day weekend. Um, earlier in the show, I talked obviously about LeBron because how can you not talk about LeBron after last night? 46, 11, and 9. Almost most impressive. He had one turnover in the first half. Turnovers have plagued him in this series. And of course, he played the first 46 minutes like the true superhero that he is. But as I said earlier in the show, and Rob, I don't know if you're a big superhero guy, uh, but I love the movie The Dark Knight Rises, Batman vs. Bane. I have it saved on my DVR. And after watching LeBron, I thought of a moment in the movie, so I queued it up. And after Bane kicked Batman's butt, and I really love that scene. I've showed it to my kids. It's awesome. That fight underground. And I can, I can probably do uh, all the quotes that Bane said, like, victory has defeated you you know i just love it i I love that scene so afterward he's got batman in that uh prison in europe and he says to him you don't fear death you welcome it and that's why he had to give batman this uh put him in this this prison this this awful awful prison buried underground and he doesn't fear death he welcomes it I don't think LeBron gets nervous for an elimination game. I think he welcomes it. He wants it. He thrives on it. Go back to game five. He was barely crossing half court defensively. Nick, you saw it. He was gassed. He was barely getting back on defense. Guzzling water. His coach says he was tired. And then come all the questions. Well, I mean, LeBron, why the hell did you play 82 games? (laughs) What are you trying to prove out there? Why did you lead the league in minutes per game? We need you in the playoffs. Your legacy's on the line in the playoffs. And it's like, game six, elimination game, dun, dun, dun. LeBron goes in the phone booth. He comes out, and he's a superhero. He welcomes these elimination games. He thrives on it. It's like, and I I know I keep referencing pickup basketball, but Rob, there are some dudes, such as myself, who when it's game point, you know, you play to 11 by ones, you're up 10-8, who wants it, winning time, who wants the game winner, I want that ball so badly. Winning. I want that game winning shot option. Now, if you miss it and you end up losing a couple plays later, that sucks. And, you know, I'm going to be honest with you guys. Total honesty. That's Listen, honesty is what got me where I am today. So there's no reason to pull punches, even though I probably shouldn't admit this. So I was a young athlete, uh, and I was pretty good at soccer and basketball. I was better at soccer, traveling sports, and just everything. And then I didn't really get bigger. Every All the kids grew bigger, and I was getting pushed off the ball, and it was frustrating. And I knew, like, all right, it's not happening. So I try out for freshman basketball. I think I made first cut, and then, like, second cut, I was dusted. And I was devastated. It sucked. 
I mean, I was good, but I couldn't hang with bigger kids. I mean, I was a small guy, and it was frustrating. So I did the next best thing. Well, if I can't play, I'll just cover sports uh, for a local newspaper. And I started doing that at like 16, which was fun. But now here I am, you know, 20, 20 years after graduating college, and it's like, all right, well, I never got to have a, a prime for athletics when I was young like everybody else. I'm not counting like when you're like 11, 12, 13 years old and really good at sports. Um, I'm talking about like, you know, high school, college. And so one of my things is like I work out hard. I'm like doing ladder drills at the gym, you know, like really nerdy stuff because I want to be in good shape now. And I love playing pickup basketball and competing. And all these guys who were in their prime in, you know, 17, 16, 20 years old, they're out of their prime now. They had their time. Well, now's my time. <laughs> you know, people are like, wait a sec, how old are you again? And I was playing uh, the other week and, you know, these two young kids were in the game and. I was like, how old are you? And the guy's like, 15. And this is like, you know, maybe a 6'3", young black guy who, you know, you're seeing him dunk in warm-ups. And I'm like, my gosh. So we get this guy on our team, and he's driving, attacking the rim, doing these jelly layups. Like, I mean, it's just like, whoa. And so, you know, I started to pl- I raise my level when I'm on the court with others that are better than me. And I'm setting screens for this guy. I tried to throw him an alley-oop. And he, I make a couple jumpers, of course. And he, like, liked playing with me. I'm like, dude, are you on any of those rivals list? He's like, not yet. And he has this look like he knows it's coming. And I just, I thrive off that stuff. And I'm going to say, I know LeBron James thrives off that. Elimination game, back against the wall. LeBron eats that up. And I, you know, I said, Kevin Durant's better than LeBron. I'll ask it again. How's Kevin Durant going to handle adversity? We're about to find out what he's made of. I, I'm a Kevin Durant fan. I love the guy. He hasn't faced it in Golden State. He's going to face it these next two games. And, boy, it's going to be ugly for Kevin Durant if he doesn't play well and they lose or if they just lose. For LeBron, I think my guess, and we'll go full in next, guys, I think LeBron goes for probably 41, 12, and 5, and I think they lose. I do believe the Celtics are going to win this game. They're much better at home. I don't think the moment's going to be too big for Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown. They got tough SOBs on that team. And Marcus Smart ain't backing down. He blocked a LeBron dunk attempt. Marcus Morris saying he's not getting punked. Jalen Brown, Terry Rozier, these are some tough dudes. These are not 19, 20-year-old ooh, ooh, spotlight. Ooh, none of that. Celtics win game seven. Coming up next here on the Big Lead, Fox Sports Radio. We're going to close the show. We have gone through the NBA standings. We have Lonzo Ball trade destinations for you. You're going to love it. That's next. Wow, what a show. Goodness gracious. Is that Will Smith? It's new Will Smith. You like Will it? Smith is rapping again? Well, he just came out with like a studio song. So Is that it- why? Did you see the viral video clip of Will Smith recently talking about how he got the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air thing? No, no. You guys, had, Rob, did you see that? It's pretty cool. I'll try to find it and tweet it out. Will Smith, it's like a four-minute video, how he landed the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. I guess he came out with the rap songs with DJ Jazzy Jeff, and he spent all his money, like, quickly. And his second album was a bust, and he was, like, 
all of a sudden in dire straits, and then he landed Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. At any rate, it's been a fun show. I haven't checked social media the last couple breaks because I know y'all are coming after me for Durant, LeBron. Hey, I'm, I'm human. If I aired here over the last 11 months putting Durant above LeBron and Durant absolutely flops in game six and seven, hey, I, I'll own it. I will say I was wrong. As of now, I will stand by it. I'm not going to make an irrational decision off two bad games. And he wasn't even bad. He just wasn't great. So let's say you go on a... A date with a girl and things are going great, and then you have two bad dates. Rob, well, you're not single anymore. But, I mean, you're not kicking her to the curb. You know, oh. No. Hey, well, we had some rough dates with my wife in the beginning. So, yeah, I, I stuck mean, through everybody it. does. Yeah, it, it happens. Um, all right. So, the one thing that I don't think anybody else is talking about that is going to register with you guys from this show is Lonzo Ball. And in a way, I've used the scorpion and the frog analogy uh, a couple times this year, usually to NFL. Well, you know who the scorpion is now, right, Rob? Uh, LeVar Ball. Oh, okay. All right. If you don't know the score, the story, the scorpion needs a ride across the river. He asks the frog for a ride. The frog says, no way. You're going to sting me and I'll you'll kill me. And the scorpion says, well, why would I do that? If I sting you, we'll both die. And the frog looks and is like, oh, well, okay, you're right. Okay, you won't sting me. So what happens halfway going across the river? The scorpion pricks the frog. And as the frog is dying, he says, why would you do that? Why'd you kill us? And the scorpion goes, that's who I am. That's what I do. I couldn't help myself. LeVar Ball cannot help himself. This is what LeVar Ball does. He'll have a period where he's quiet and everything's good. But he just falls back on being old LeVar Ball. I got to bash Luke Walton. Period of quietness. I got to bash the Lakers training staff this week. I mean, what? At some point, Magic Johnson and Rob Palenka are going to look in the mirror and say, guys, we're dealing with a scorpion. We got to get him out of here. As such, producer Rob and I have gone through the entire NBA and found a couple potential landing spots for Lonzo Ball if they want to cut bait. And listen, rookies have been traded before after one year. Hey, how many years did D'Angelo Russell have with the Lakers? One or two? Two. Uh, I, did Anthony Bennett get dealt after his first year in Cleveland? He got shipped. It might have been after one year he was dealt with Wiggins, I think. So here are two that I like. Well, Rob, you start. You give us one that you really like. Uh, here's one that's kind of off the board a little bit to the Pacers for Miles Turner. Miles Turner's a good player. Uh, Lonzo plus Oladipo. That's a good backcourt. Miles Turner. He could defend the pick and roll. He's he's a bit of a stretch five. He's and not- again, all of these ideas were were made with the attention that they want to have salary cap space to go after LeBron yes. and Paul George. Miles Turner's still cheap. Okay, that's not bad. Now. I don't know financially how this will work out. I haven't gone into the trade machine. But, Rob, you actually said this one. What about Milwaukee? Milwaukee is in win now. I have one for that, too. We know Milwaukee needs uh, to keep Giannis. Now, Chris Middleton's their second best player. But he is a great shooter. Here's a deal that would work. Chris Middleton for Lonzo? 
Lonzo, Dang, for Middleton, Maker, and DJ Wilson. No, they're not giving up. Well, I'm just telling you, you have to make it work with the, with the okay. trade machine. I, if they got Thon Maker, that holy hell. Here's no. a couple more that I think you might like. To the Bobcats. Now, or, I like this one. Or the, are they the Bobcats still? I'm not sure. To Charlotte, with Dang, got to throw in Dang, for Kemba Walker and Jeremy Lamb. Okay, Michael Jordan's an awful GM, so he would probably take the Dang contract. I'm sorry, Michael Jordan's a bad owner. So he would convince his team. But Lonzo is going to sell tickets. I'll say this about Kemba Walker. We're up against it here. Kemba Walker's a winning player. He's ready to win titles. He's a good point guard. He can be a number three on a good team. All right, guys, what a great show it's been. Uh, Iowa Sam, thank you. Nick, thank you. Isaac, producer Rob, awesome show. Catch me on the Dan Patrick Show uh, Monday morning, 9 a.m. Have a great weekend, everybody. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at first, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.